Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. So we're going to be there. We're going to, we're going to stick around in Hebrews for quite a while. He, here's the reason. So this year, we're talking about this concept of living by faith. And the more you study that word, it, it, it becomes simpler and it becomes more profound. <laughs> okay. I mean, the more, I, the more I'm into this, I'm like, oh my goodness, this means so much more. It's so much more powerful. It's, we, we've used it so often, it's unfortunately probably like white noise to a lot of us, to most of us, if not all of us, right? Is you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, faith, that means, you know, such and such or whatever. And it stops like, like <laughs> this sense of awe that we're supposed to have when we hear this word. Before we get going though, okay, um, we're going to take some time to just pray on your own, but here's what I'd like for you to do. Um, as we've done before, um, pray, you know, we talk about praying and just having this time so you can really interface and talk to God about Him talking to you today, <laughs> all right? Um, because, um, you know, a, a specific speaker or personality or something like that or the most well-balanced sermon or whatever really isn't going to change me or you all right it's God and um, you want to know what he knows exactly what we need to hear and how we need to hear it he knows all those like embarrassing things that we're scared to talk to anyone about he knows all of that and here's the really good news is he's gentle isn't that a good thing that's good thing that he's gentle okay now I don't know how stubborn you are though Right? I mean, that, that matters right there is, is, is how hard are we willing to dig, dig our heels in when we're hearing his voice, okay? I don't know, but I want us to take some time to pray. But here's the deal. Instead of praying for you, I'd like for you to pray for the people sitting around you, okay? I'd love for you to just think about the people that are sitting around you and pray that they hear the voice of God, all right? That their hearts are touched, that it isn't just information we're passing along, but we're really, we are digging into the living word of God right here. And that right there is jaw-dropping to think about. So let's take a few minutes to do that. Pray for those who are sitting around you uh, at this time. Father, thanks. As, we, um, as we're able to come together, we are grateful for you, for your power, uh, for your mercy, peace, your, your gentleness, uh, Father, you, you bring us along, and, and we're so thankful um, that, uh, that, that you really meet us where we are. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for your word that we get to open right now. We get to look into your words, Father, and I pray that, it, Father, let your word touch our hearts. God, we want to be changed, not just so we have a better life. I pray that we leave here and we're better ambassadors. Mm -hmm. Father, I pray that we leave here and we're emboldened by your Holy Spirit to, pre to preach your gospel, Father, to help others find you. Uh, Father, I pray that we love and enjoy being your disciples. 
Father, I pray for that. And uh, just thank you. Thanks so much for all that you give us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, So here's the interesting thing about this word, okay? Because as we've gone on this year, again, I want you to be thinking about this as you read in your Bible, when you read that word faith, okay? Is let's like, let's dig into what maybe injecting or inserting a different word in there, okay? And something more like trust, all right? When you read faith, Something like trust, something like loyalty. That's one we don't talk about a whole lot. Like our loyalty. That word, the, actually the Greek word that's used, has these, all of these connotations in them of faith is I'm loyal. I have allegiance to you. I trust you. All right? And, and, and I want you to just be thinking about that because we can constantly say, you know, if I'm growing in faith, am I growing in trust? Am I trusting God more? Well, how would you know? Wow, man, as I follow him, as I'm obedient to him, as he's telling me, and I'm going, wow, this is really scary, and I don't know, and I'm going to, what if I have to give something up? But it's like, okay, I trust you. I trust you, all right? And that's what we're talking about here is this idea of growing in faith. We're not talking about just doing one faithful deed, all right? Sometimes that can happen where you can do a a, a topic on faith and and, and what we end up doing oftentimes is we try to find one super faithful thing that we do. Then we're like, whew, man, I'm glad that's over. All right? Instead of becoming more faithful. I guarantee us, I guarantee that, that we all already have had, we've had something this morning already where we've had the opportunity to step out in faith. All right? And maybe it was just vulnerability. Maybe it was just relationally. Maybe it was just, uh, you know, I don't know. But there was something, and sometimes you can kind of feel that because you get kind of like maybe some butterflies or you get nervous and you kind of go, we revert back to our default, like our, own, our, our, our like natural self, you know. Like for me, it can be just goofing off and joking and doing those kind of things instead of, man, am I tuned into Jesus? Am I tuned into God? Did we come here with a purpose that God was going to gather us together and there's different needs, right? This isn't, this isn't the, the club of everybody who's made it spiritually, right? This is, we're all, a, we're all messed up. So that in and of itself means that did I show up here today in an attempt to serve and meet needs even? To even talk, to open the door, okay? So we're talking about being more faithful, not just one act of like this grand faithfulness, right? So this book right here, the book of Hebrews is fascinating. Um, some, for some of you, it's your favorite book. You love it. For some of you, there's a chapter in Hebrews that's your favorite chapter. All right, you got Hebrews 11. I love Hebrews 11. It's incredible. It's so amazing. But you know what's so amazing about that? That whoever wrote this book decided he needed to write 10 chapters before he got to the 11th chapter. Okay, now understand something. He didn't write chapters. Okay, there weren't chapters in the Bible. But all of that being said is there was a lot of information that came before Hebrews 11. And I think we do ourselves a disservice when we just camp out right there and go, yes, this is so awesome. And and all of these guys did things and people did amazing things. And and then we go home and have you ever had that feeling before? You're like, okay, now what? Like I just read a really inspiring part of the Bible but, but now what? And that's Hebrews 1 through 10, all right, is this idea of digging stuff out, all right? Digging out these deep parts of the heart of these 
brothers and sisters, but I think we're going to find that in us as well. Okay, here's the interesting thing about this book that you'll find. This book is very uh, like we're going to see themes and I would encourage you to read through. It's not a long book. All right. There's 13 chapters that are very short. Okay, I would encourage you to try to read it a couple times a week. If you're really feeling spunky, read it every day. Go, no, are you kidding me? I can't do that. That would take at least a half hour. You know, that's like an episode of some show. We can't get in the way of that, okay? Especially reading Hebrews. I mean, you know, it would be over and over again. Who would ever do that, right? Watch something or read something over and over and over again. Right? Isn't that interesting? We, we all kind of have that show, huh? Where you're just like, that's my go-to. I can watch it over and over and over. But then it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. I would never consider reading a book of the Bible over and over and over again. Right? And so I'm just going to, hey, raise the bar. All right? Set some time aside. Read through this whole thing couple times a week, but if you're really, like I said, if you're really feeling like life has been too easy for you, okay, bump it up, man. Read through that thing every single day. Here's why. Those 10 chapters are amazing, but here's what you're going to hear from the writer, all right, and, and different people have opinions. Who wrote it? Who cares, okay? What we know is this writer knew Jesus, knew his teachings, and knew the people, okay? But here's the deal is um, he was urging disciples on okay this wasn't like let me give you like a neat paper on the state of christianity in the first century we're going to hear a lot of things like i urge you like you can never do this okay there's a word that comes up periodically in the book of hebrews and it is that it's this idea of exhortation like i exhort you which means like I urge you, which really means like from a teacher's perspective of like, hey, come up here, <laughs> right? Come, listen, it's that important. You can't sit in the audience. You got to come here because this is how important it is. Could you imagine, right? This is important, all right? This is very, very important. In fact, uh, one of the things that he tells them right here at the, at the end of Hebrews 13, you don't have to turn there, but in verse 22, he says, I exhort you, to pay attention and bear with my exhortation. All right, he uses the word twice. I urge you to bear with me in my urgings. Like, like I'm serious about this, okay? Like this is really, and so the, the traditional name, the traditional like name of this book was to the Hebrews, all right? Um, here's the kind of strange thing, like, okay, where was this group? We don't know for sure where this group was. The letter does periodically mention um, like, like Italy, Rome, like they might know some people in those areas. So, I mean, there's actually maybe some familiarity. Maybe they were in Italy. They weren't in Israel. These weren't people who were in Israel at the time. All right. But here's the thing. This is a group of people who were persecuted. There, in the first century, there were like two kind of blurbs of persecution. Okay. Sometimes we think, man, the minute Christianity started was like mass persecution. That, that just wasn't true. In fact, there was quite a bit of peace as Paul went out. I mean, there's little, like, little local things that would happen here and there, but as far as, like, a widespread persecution, there's really, in the first century, only a couple. Most likely, they had been through one already, because as you read the book of Hebrews, you'll notice that the writer continues to, like, remind them of that. You've been persecuted. You've gone through this, 
okay? And he reminds them, get ready, you're going, you're going to go through more. You're going to go through more. More is coming. More is on the way, all right? And so we have this. This is a people who are persecuted. They're, they're a little bit discouraged, all right? They've been disciples long enough, all right? We don't know how long they've been disciples, but they've been disciples long enough for the writer to say, you guys need to grow up. Okay, so it's not, he's not talking to like brand new disciples. He's saying, no, no, y'all have been around long enough. You should be teachers by now, he says. All right, and so this urging to folks who have been around, we're, we're going to see that. This is a persecuted people, right? This is an immature group. Okay, why is that? Well, we'll notice that as we go on. Some of the things the writer suggests is that they don't really have the basics on straight. Right? In fact, they talk about like you're slow to learn. All right? That doesn't mean you're slow to learn like I can't learn. Um, it, it has more of a connotation of you won't learn. Okay? In Hebrews 13, he actually says like you obey your leaders, not, not your leaders like, okay, now everybody come to my house and wash my car. Yes, we will obey the leader. That's not what he's talking about. It's the leaders had a prominent role in teaching the church. All right? And what we see throughout is this, this hinting at that there was immature disciples that were like, I won't be taught by my teacher. And they suffered for it. Right? They were immature. So can you imagine you get persecuted? Could you imagine? A lot of you guys are starting school. Could you imagine going to your school and people hating you because you are a Christian? Right? You go to work and people are, not, are, are, are physically you're in danger because of it. Okay? After a while, you get a little discouraged. But man, if you're an immature spiritually, it's even worse. Because how do, what do I do to handle it? How do I stay joyful? How do I persevere when I'm immature and I don't even know what people, because I won't be taught. All right? Because here's the deal is, is it, that's just what we do, huh? We can get just very stubborn about things. So it's an immature group. This is a discouraged group. I want you to, why I'm bringing this up is because we have to enter into their world. Okay? This isn't, this isn't American writing here. This was written to a specific group of people at a specific time for a specific reason. And that is so important because it's really difficult for us to take anything from this until we know what was said to them. What did they hear? And so this is so important that we are planted there and going, okay, could I be among people and, wow, and seeing, wow, they're discouraged, they're immature. Maybe I'm going, no, I feel that. I know what that feels like. Man, discouraged, immature, unteachable. Yeah, I get that. Oh, man. You know, and he's saying, now I'm going to urge you guys. I'm going to urge you on here, okay? And here's the other thing is, is um, they, they were forgetful. Anybody here forgetful? We're all forgetful. You know what's funny? Well, maybe it's not funny, right? I, I mean, but I tend to remember things that mean nothing. Okay? Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I like 80s music, right? I love it. I love iHeartRadio. I got my own 80s um, playlist from 1989 and 1990 and 1991 when I was in high school. All right, I have the playlist, and you know what's insane? That was 30 years ago, and I remember every word to an astonishingly embarrassing number of songs. And the songs are embarrassing, too, by the way. Okay, I mean, you name it. You name the group, you name the, I can sing that, I mean, from Millie Vanilli to Expose to, you name it, yes, I mean, it, oh my goodness, it is, but I listen to it, I'm going, how on earth did these words 
become so embedded in my brain that without practice, 30 years later, all I have to do is hear a song. And I'm like, boom, there we go. I know it. I, I hate that. I haven't forgot those. But you know what's frustrating is sometimes it's really easy to go through a day and in a matter of hours I forget what I'm even doing spiritually as a disciple. In a matter of hours, I can, go, I can think back and go, what is your direction today spiritually? Like, like, what did you learn in your quiet time? Where is God sending you? And I can go, quiet time? <laughs> read my Bible? I read my Bible today? What did I read? All right. Isn't that amazing that that can happen? They were forgetful. And one of the, re- one of the, one of the huge things that they forgot was um, they forgot why they're doing what they're doing. They forgot, what's this all about? They were discouraged. In fact, they were discouraged to the point where they were saying, maybe what we came from, remember Judaism, what we came from, maybe that's where it was at. Maybe that's a better option because this Christianity has brought pain to us. We've been persecuted. Like, aren't we supposed to be getting good things as Christians? Right? You ever, you ever thought that before? Like, when God's not giving you something good, have you ever asked him, what am I doing? You ever done that before? Like you think, what am I doing wrong? Maybe you're doing something right, all right? Maybe that's the, Christianity isn't about when I do good, then God gives me good things, and when he's unhappy with me, he gives me bad things. No, 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 no. We've got to forget that. They were like, hold on a minute. We're, we kind of forgot what's this all about. And they forgot that it was about discipleship in Jesus. It was about this enamored love, this infatuation with Jesus, this idea that they said, no, I will follow you wherever you go. And you've made that statement before. I will follow you, Jesus, wherever you go. I will follow you. And then over time, though, it just can kind of go away. You just forget about it. You forget when you wake up and you forget what you're doing. And then you know what ends up happening? Things in our, in our past tend to look really, really great. You ever notice that? How much better things get oftentimes after you've been gone for a while, right? It's like revisionist history, right? Everything, you look back, and it was, it was wonderful. You look back on high school and go, oh, that was, that was awesome. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. You know, you go, when you graduate from college, you'll look back and go, oh, that was awesome. And you're like, well, okay, yeah. There were parts of it that were, but listen, there were parts of the day you didn't want to wake up in the morning. You couldn't wait for the day to get over, okay? You'll, you'll go to another job and you go, oh, my last job was so awesome. Why aren't you there then? Okay, because you got tired of it. There's so many things, you know, and so it's, we kind of do that and we forget and we have this revisionist history and so do these guys. And they were going, man, being a Jew wasn't too bad. At least we knew where we stood. At least, man, there was no trouble necessarily going on in our lives. It was kind of easy. We can do that too. Man, you know what? Wow, before I was following Jesus completely, life was pretty good. I've had that thought before. I've thought, man, you know what? Before I was a disciple, life was pretty good. No, it wasn't. That's why I became a disciple, okay? Because my life was a wreck. It was out of control. Here's the thing, though, that tempts me oftentimes is, see, before I was a disciple, I could do whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. That's the temptation, right? I was, man, I really like that, right? But we forget that we said, no, Jesus, you're the answer. You have 
all the answers. You have life. Okay, they forgot. You got it. Here's what I want you to do. Examine your life today. Go and just go. Have you forgotten that following Jesus is the thing we were built to do? When you were created, you were built that that would fulfill you completely. You were built that people would learn about Jesus from your faith as well. You were built perfectly for that. It's like we've talked about before. If you drive your Corvette or whatever up to the gas station, you put diesel in the engine, it will not run well. Okay? And, and don't say that the nozzle doesn't fit in, okay? Because some of y'all have tried to put the diesel nozzle in, okay? And when it didn't fit in, you just poured it in, okay? Everything was telling you this car doesn't accept diesel, but you took it anyway, okay? But here's the deal is, is we're, we're built to run on something. We're built to run on something, and you want to know what? You know, how we, you know how we know the engine is purring, you know? If you've driven a, a like the Dodge Charger, you know how that thing, you know that it, when you're going, man, that thing just sounds like it's beautiful, you know. It, it, it's such a great sound. It's so easy for us to just sputter along. Uh, or like backfiring, sputtering, you know, and we think, oh, man, this is life to the full, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and we're like some jalopy going down the street. We're like, man, if, if everybody, Joanne goes, what's a jalopy? I got to be careful. I can't just use like, it's like a beat up car. Right, just just exhaust coming out everywhere and all that kind of stuff. And but you know, here's how you know your engine is purring: is this idea of is there are, are you joyful in spite of circumstances? Are you peaceful, faithful, kind, and gentle? Like you know that peace where you're just like, okay, man, it's good. It's it's gonna be okay. Whatever's going on, okay. And it's really easy. We forget that, man, we run on, we're, we're built to run following Jesus and his word and all these things. They forgot. They forgot that one day, the ultimate, like, just spectacle is, can you imagine the first moment you see Jesus? And you know that's going to be for eternity. You've made it. The day will come, okay, when there will be like the end, the, the, the final judgment, okay? They forgot that being with him is what captivates our soul. That, that's what takes the weight off is I just want to be with Jesus, okay? And I want you to think about it. Have you lost that edge maybe a little bit? Maybe you haven't. Maybe it's been getting sharper, you're just like, I love him more and more. I can't wait. In fact, here on earth, I just want more of him. I want to know him more. I want to share him more. All right? And when we start forgetting this, then what ends up happening is, is we start going, man, this is kind of boring. Christianity's kind of boring, but I don't want to say it because then people are going to think I'm a bad person. Okay? That's like the secret we don't want to share. We stop worshiping him. We stop forgetting why he's the only one worthy of worship. That we kneel, we bow, we sing to, we praise, we obey. Like it's this idea of God, you deserve everything. They forgot these things, right? They forgot how great it was to know him, to know him in a deeper way. And many of us here, you've had that experience before. You're knowing Jesus more and more and you're going, this is awesome. 
This is incredible. I love this. I can't get enough of this. They had forgotten this. They're discouraged. They're persecuted. They're immature. And they had forgotten the joy of helping others. Man, this is where it's at right here. Is being able to walk with someone else to bring them to faith. All right? And unfortunately, it can become such a chore and so stressful. And, and we kind of wrap ourselves around the axle that we stop. And we really can deprive ourselves of some of the greatest joy God could give us here on earth. Okay? They forgot, they forgot it was about Jesus. And we've got to think about that, okay? Because that's what it meant to them, okay? This book, as they read it, was this exhortation to go, here, come here. You've got to remember why you're doing what you're doing. Don't give up. I urge you, don't give up. And he's going to give practicals along the way. But this is okay for us to hear. This is a message for us as well. Which is, could I have fit into this group of Hebrews, wherever they are, who are all discouraged and immature and kind of like just tired of it? Trying to quit maybe, all right? Have I lost that love, that intense love? Okay, now that doesn't mean romantic love. I mean, some of you can love and you just swoon and you love the Psalms and all that kind of stuff. And, and the guys you love in a different, but it's this love, like I want to be with you, okay? And it's different, but it's still this infatuation with Jesus. We have to remember that. That's a message for us from the book of Hebrews as well. So Hebrews chapter one here, okay? Um, we're going to start, uh, and we're going to cover three chapters, and we're not going to go verse by verse. We're going to talk thematically, all right? We're going to talk because you're going to read through Hebrews every day, right? We don't have to go verse by verse, but we're going to hit these large themes and principles, okay? And one of the things he starts out with is Jesus is greater than anything. Jesus is greater than anyone. Jesus is greater all right, because they had forgotten how great he was. They had forgotten how great he was. They forgot that Jesus is greater than even getting good grades. <laughs> right? Come on, what? But when I bring my report card home and it's got all A's, that is awesome. Hey, I'm not saying it's not good. I'm saying, you know what? Getting good grades can't be my Lord. Jesus is better, okay? When it comes down to it, in a hundred years, if Jesus were to go, which one do you think was more important, man? GPA or following me? I'm going to be like, GPA? What GPA? I say that, actually. I'm like, what GPA? It was like uh, under one, but that's beside the point. But the thing is, is, and this doesn't mean, don't hear what I'm not saying here. This doesn't mean, oh, dude, I'm not going to go to class because Jesus is greater, <laughs> Okay, they used to call it C's for Jesus, right? No, 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 listen, but my grades don't dictate what I do, how I follow Jesus. Jesus, you know what? He's greater than college football. He's greater than Clemson football. He's greater than Gamecock football. He's greater than Seminole football. He's greater than Gator football. He's greater than Notre Dame football. I don't care. We want to fight. Here's the thing is, is we'll fight over this, like in church. And here's the conversation I want us to have this football season. Dude, Jesus is better. <laughs> Jesus is greater. You want to know what? Lost people don't care that Clemson won the national championship necessarily. Okay? 
They're not sitting back. They're, they're, they, don't, they don't want the people who are going out there to be fighting about who's better. Okay? Jesus needs to go out to the world. All right? Jesus is greater. So when your team is losing or your team is winning, let me just tell you, man, I love living in Clemson. My team is Fresno State University, okay? Right. 99% of you, you haven't heard of Fresno. I love Fresno. They don't win in football, okay? But that's okay. Jesus is greater. I can love it. I can be sad when they lose and happy with they, when they win. But I'm going to tell you what, it's never going to come between me and a brother or a sister. And it never should for us either because Jesus is greater, all right? Thank God he gives us fun things. I love it. I love football season. I love athletics. Baseball, a lot of people don't like baseball. Some of you like golf. You know, you're, you're a golf fan or whatever. You like a, you know, I don't know how many NASCAR fans. I, I, I don't know. I mean, but we fight about these dumb things. And I think we, I think the writer of Hebrews would go, dude, Jesus is greater than that. Why are you fighting? Why do you not like somebody because they don't, they, they, they like this other team? Right? Why is it this personal attack? Okay? Jesus is greater than these things, Okay? Jesus is greater than a great job. Right? You think, well, how is that? Well, okay, again, we meet Jesus. What's going to matter most? You go, man, you know what? That was an awesome job you had, and you failed and neglected to follow me. But it was a great job. Don't I get in for that? I did my best at work. Yeah, you neglected me. You forget Jesus is greater. Would you ever consider, okay, here's, here's the deal. Would you ever consider taking a job that completely, like, whatever your degree is in, you were to go, can't do it, I'm, I'm going to work at Chick-fil-A because that's where I'm going to grow spiritually. Not because Chick-fil-A is like the <laughs> Christian fast food either, okay? I mean, McDonald's or whatever. But you go, you know what? Jesus is greater. I will take a job stocking shelves at Publix because I'll grow. I will lose my faith in a particular job. Okay. Can you imagine that? I wonder why that doesn't happen more in Christianity. I, I really wonder because I see people taking jobs and they suffer spiritually. And I wonder why there isn't more even us encouraging one another to go, you know what? You know, maybe you should just go ahead and take this job over here. But it doesn't, it doesn't pay enough. Well, trust Jesus. All right. Trust Jesus. Maybe he wants you to make not as much. And I'm not getting on great jobs. You may be a physician, a lawyer. You may be all kinds of like, you may be a professional athlete. That's awesome too. Okay, I'm not saying that everybody has to do that. But I'm saying I think we need to consider our spiritual health and that Jesus is greater ultimately than any job we do. Right? It, it's, he's greater. All right? Hey, do you know what? He's greater than this right here. It, it, dating. He's greater than finding a spouse. He's greater than that, okay? And you're going, well, yeah, I guess, except you want to know what? Whew, man, I, it wasn't that long ago. Like, I was single 20 years ago. You know, that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, okay? <laughs> it really wasn't. But here's, this was so hard because I'm telling you, you know, so I met Abby, and it was like all I wanted to do was talk about Abby and think about Abby. That's it. I mean, she was on my brain constantly, okay? And it just, it was like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be so, oh, gosh, is she going to go out on a date with me? Oh, man. I mean, just this encompassing thing. 
And you want to know what ended up happening is, is man, it's, you, you kind of learn over time that that doesn't work, right? Even in our dating relationship, our dating relationship got rocky, really rocky. Because I thought dating is really what's going to fulfill me. Finding a spouse is going to fulfill me. You know, finding this perfect compliment in my life is going to fulfill me. And go, no, no, Jesus is greater. And you want to know what's funny? Jesus is greater in all these things that we've talked about. He's able to kind of even make better. Right? He's able to bring meaning to jobs and school and spouses and all of those things. Right? Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than being famous. Okay? And we all, every one of us, I guarantee you, we want to be famous. We want to be famous. Even if you go, no, no, no. If there was an article on you tomorrow, that if you got a phone call from, a ma- from Time Magazine, we are fascinated by your life. Can we come over and just, just tell us what you do throughout the day? Because it's fascinating to us. Okay. Even the most private of us would go, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Let me put on some nice clothes. Okay. Let me, come on over. Let me vacuum my house when you come over. Because there's this side of it of going, man. It would be awesome. Could you imagine social media blowing up because everybody's reading your article? All right. We, there's a tiny bit of that in probably each and every one of us, and there's probably a lot in many of us, okay? But there's probably a little bit. But here's the thing is if there's a lot, you know, if you just have a little bit, you know, not Jesus greater. I don't need that. But if you need, if you need it, if you've got to see your name in lights, if you've got to be better, if you've got to be, then Jesus is greater. It's better to be unknown than for Jesus to be less, right? Jesus is greater. So here in Hebrews 1, let's, let's look at, at what they were doing. But I want you to, this is something I'd like for you to tell yourself constantly. Jesus is greater, okay? When you're scared, Jesus is greater, all right? When you're, when you're making a decision, you want to know what? Jesus is so awesome. What would he have me do in this situation? Because he's greater than this decision, okay? And you're going to see that this is over and over and over again. Jesus is greater but Jesus, they had kind of a weird thing going on. Hebrews 1, verse 1. Let's go ahead and look here. The writer says, long ago. I don't know how many years that was. Okay, Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets. Okay, At different times and in different ways. All right, he's just, this is what's beautiful about the book of Hebrews. It's this bridge between the New Testament and the Old Testament. And the writer's going, man, God's been speaking. It reminds God's been speaking for a long time, and he spoke through prophets in different ways. Okay? Some dreams, some parables, some story, all of these things. In these days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him, Jesus, heir of all things, and made the universe through him. Okay, that's stunning to me. Okay, that somebody made the universe, but that it was, the universe was made through Jesus. Okay. The sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After making purifications for sin, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He became higher in rank than the angels just as the name he inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you're my son, today I become your father, or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. When he again brings his firstborn into the world, he says, and all of God's angels must worship him. Okay. Let's stop there for a second. That gets clunky, you know. 
Can you, are you getting an idea of what might have been going through this community's minds? Like one topic they might have been thinking about here? Angels? Okay, this was, a, this was something that clearly they were enamored by. And this idea of, man, the angels. Can you think of anything really great about angels in the Bible? I mean, there are. I'm not trying to trick you. You know, there, there are really great things. Right? Yeah, I mean, sure, they do that. The law was delivered, right, to a Jewish person. They'd be like, this is awesome, okay? But they're going, hold on a minute. Those angels are awesome. And in fact, if you've heard of like the Dead Sea Scrolls, okay, that were found, all kinds of writings were found, okay? There were a lot of early Christian writings. There was a lot of things found in there. And there was a couple of particular manuscripts that really talked a lot about angels, okay? And it was circulated at that time, okay? And so there was a chance they had been reading about this and it was all about angels and how awesome angels were and all this kind of stuff. And God reminds us through this word, Jesus is greater. Whatever your thing is, Jesus is greater, right? Whatever that niche, okay, it's Jesus is greater than your favorite podcast. Jesus is greater than your favorite author, right? Isn't it funny? We've, I've kind of seen a trend where we're reading the Bible less, but we're listening to more podcasts, we're, we're reading more books. Like We're like, oh, I love this author. He describes love perfectly. <laughs> really? Like there's a guy on earth that writes about love better than God? <laughs> Who is he? That's fascinating to me. Or is the guy just telling me what I want to hear about love? All right? Maybe that's the case sometimes, right? But Jesus is greater than that podcast. I like podcasts too. I like Bema. I like, I like exploring your strange Bible. I like Bible Project. I like these things, okay? But you want to know what? Jesus is greater than those, okay? That isn't, that isn't the nourishment that we get. I don't know what your thing is, okay? For them, it was like the angel, angels were awesome. Jesus is greater, right? His word, he sustained. Did you read that? Hebrews 1 right there in like 2 or 3. He sustains all things through what? Through his word, all right? Not a podcast, right? Not a book that you buy off the shelf or on your Kindle or something like that. He says this, and he goes on, and then he jumps over. Jump over to chapter 3, okay? We're going we're gonna to see right here. He, he brings up somebody else who's really, really, really important to the, to the Jews. Verse 1, therefore, of chapter 3, verse 1, Therefore, holy brothers and companions in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was in all God's household. For Jesus is considered worthy of more glory than Moses, just as the builder has more honor than the house. Now every house is built by someone, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was a faithful servant in all God's household as a testimony to what would be said in the future. But Christ was faithful as a son over his household. And we are that household if we hold on to the courage and the confidence of our hope. All right. And so he's looking at it going, man, y'all are getting mixed up with angels and all this kind of stuff. Jesus is greater. Man, get back to Jesus. Remember about Jesus. Remember that he called you to follow him. Remember the apostles' teachings. Remember those things. Remember, go out and make disciples. Remember these things. And he said, hey, if you're thinking about going back, if you're thinking about going back, Jesus is greater than Moses. All right. Why would that matter, do you think, to the Jewish Christians? 
Yeah, they're going, but Moses, I mean, God gave him the law. Moses is incredible. Don't say something bad about Moses, okay? Moses, we love Moses. Moses is incredible. He's our God. God obviously used him, clearly used him to bring his law down. And Jesus, we're not sure anymore. And the writer said, be sure of one thing. Jesus is greater than Moses, okay? So to them, this would have had more impact than it even does for us. Okay, this was their real world. Okay, this may kind of spark something if we were to like when you hear a passage like Jesus saying, if you want to follow me, you must hate your mother, brother, father, sister. You've heard that, right? Okay, Uh, to, to many people, when you read that, you get this feeling in your stomach like, oh, my goodness, don't talk about my family. Don't tell me to do this about. That was the passage that was preached on the day I got baptized. And I was furious. Okay? He, he was preaching out of Luke. And, and I was infuriated. And I went home and I'm like, I'm done. Forget this. No way. You don't get in there with my family. I was so upset, right? Because a lot of times we have that when don't mess with my family. Okay? This was like this for them with Moses. Don't mess with Moses. Don't do it. But Jesus is greater. Okay. And so, again, it's this idea of consistently Jesus is greater. Okay. But there's a couple of urgings. There's a couple of exhortations he's going to give us that we get to take away. Okay. That are good for us today. Right. Look at chapter two, verse one. Okay. Again, hopefully as you read Hebrews, Pay attention to the exhortation of the writer. Pay attention to these things, okay? Because here's what he tells us. He says, here's the deal. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. He says, therefore, and this is after he gave a much longer story about angels and about why angels aren't superior to Jesus, okay? And he said, we must therefore pay even more attention to what we've heard. Okay. Um, Okay. The word attention right there can, can make your pulse kind of rise a little bit. Attention. I don't have attention. We have, as we've said, you, our attention spans are like eight seconds sitting here. Okay? It doesn't have to stay that way. Right? It's probably less. We're going, oh, man, I can't pay attention. I can't pay attention. But this is something that we can learn to do. He says, you need to pay more attention to what you've heard. Pay, think about this. What have you heard about Jesus? What have you been taught about Jesus? Have you paid attention to that? so that you don't drift away, okay? And many of you have heard this um, analogy before, but I think it's really great. You go to the beach, okay? You ever gone on the beach and you're swimming in the ocean? And it's like, you know, when we live down in Florida, it's like the kids start right here in front of us. And before they know it, they're like at Cuba. (laughs) You know, they're like beyond the tip of Florida, all right? And you're going, how did that happen? Because they didn't, like they weren't trying to go down the beach, have you ever done that where you're playing in the water and you get out and you're like, where's my towel? <laughs> like, and it's like, dude, way up there. Guard tower 14, okay? Here's the reason. It's so slow. You know, just a little bit at a time. And every time you go out, you just drift a little bit. And then you come back in, you just drift a little bit more and you're not paying attention, okay? I want you to think about this and be honest uh, when you're praying through this this week. I want you to be honest as you examine yourself. 
have you, have, is, that, is that you? Like, you go, man, I remember when I was here. Like, I remember Jesus was right there, and it was awesome. But now I'm like, golly, I don't, no, I'm not that excited anymore. I'm not really sharing my faith. I'm not studying my Bible. That's the drift. Other things are looking more important, okay? And he's going, be careful. Be careful that you don't drift away. He says that the message spoken through the angels was legally binding. Every sin and disobedience received a just punishment. How will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation, okay? And this is where Hebrews starts getting very deep theologically. Because he makes a statement here, and he'll make it a number of times in this book. Okay. Is this idea of deciding to follow Jesus and saying, I want your forgiveness. I want your Holy Spirit. I want all of these things, and now I will go live my own life. Th- those two do not go hand in hand. Okay. And he says this here. He goes, hold on a minute. How can you neglect if the law that the angels brought down was legally binding? How do you think you're going to escape a great salvation if you just forget about it and just kind of go on your way? I want you to think about that, okay, because that's going to be something we talk about more because a lot of times it's really easy to go, oh, man, now I remember when I was saved, and I'm good now. And we're going to see this writer really dig deeply into this theme. No, 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 no. You might have gone into the water. (laughs) You might have done that, all right? But that is not a license to now neglect Jesus and live your own life, right? Okay, so he says this here in Hebrews 2, this idea of pay more attention, okay? I want you to think about it. You come up with your way, okay? You come up with your way. I will tell you one of the ways for me to pay attention on a daily basis is like I'll write down something on a 3 by 5 card and put it in my pocket and pull out all the time and read it and pray about it. And every single day, or I'll write something right here on my thumb. Like, there's, there's, you guys each have a day where I pray for you the whole day. Okay? Now, I'll go through and pray for the whole church each day, but each of you get a day where all day, that's who I pray. I pray for you all day. And I write your name right there on my thumb, so don't get weirded out. You know, you're like, why is, are they in trouble? <laughs> they must be in trouble because Keith wrote, you know, Adam's name on his thumb or something like that. But here's the, here's the challenge of sitting down going, how will you pay attention more? How will you do it? Okay. You can go ahead and steal stuff. I do. That's fine. But you may have another way. You may, you may like that and go, oh, yeah, I like that. I like that idea of a three-by-five card or something like that. You may have a little thing on your phone or something like that. I don't care. But here's what I do know. We have to pay more attention. We've got to pay more attention living here in, in America, Clemson, South Carolina. We have to pay more attention It's easy to get dull, right? And then here's the other thing. He says this over in Hebrews chapter 3. How many of y'all memorized this verse, Hebrews 3.12? There's a lot of you in here, and this was, I remember just memorizing this over and over and over and over again. Hebrews 3. He says, watch out, brothers. All right? So you're right there. Watch out. Right? Think about this as if our kids went running out on Highway 123, you'd be like, watch out, stop! Okay? He's going, watch out, here's watch out for, so that there won't be any of you in an evil, 
unbelieving heart that departs from the living God. Okay, here's what's cool about this. He brings in community. He says, see, being faithful is not about being independent. Being faithful is not about me just going and doing my thing. Being faithful is not that, right? Being faithful is about the community of people. Look around. It's us. We're helping one another in this community. That's why it's so important when you come and join the community to say, I'm with you. No, I don't go to this church on Sunday or over here and that and that group and all that kind of stuff. I'm with you. We're with you. I got your back. All right. That's why this is so important. He says, here's why. Watch out. Make every effort that none of you have an evil, unbelieving heart. Can you think about what that talk sounds like with somebody, with a brother or sister, like you know them well enough to go, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Can we go talk? When was the last time you had that talk with somebody? Something's wrong. When was the last time you heard somebody say that to you? Something's wrong. Like, how can I encourage you? And that doesn't mean encouragement day. That doesn't mean let me send you a really neat card or something like that. It means give you courage to be faithful. That means you're getting into a bad place and let me give you courage to withstand this. Let me give you courage to, to do the scary thing. I'm not going to talk you out of doing the scary thing. There may be people you have to talk to because you have to reconcile a relationship. Okay. Don't talk brothers and sisters out of having that talk. Don't be like, oh, no, it's okay. It's probably a misunderstanding. No, you go face to face and you talk to them. And I'm gonna, I want to encourage you to do that because that was Jesus's way. You will please Jesus to do that. Okay, we've got to get really good. And here's what he says right here. He says, instead, encourage each other daily while it's still called today. Okay, we'll talk about that more later. But he says, every, we have something to do every single day. Every single day. Every single day, we have this, these relationships that go, man, we, we, do, we do matter to one another. The relationships we have with one another are eternal. All right? We do have a responsibility to one another. We have a responsibility to connect and talk and chat spiritually every single day. Okay? If that's not happening, I don't mean just having like a little talk here or there. I'm talking about praying. I'm talking about having some spiritual depth with a brother or sister every single day. Okay, every day encourage someone, give them courage to fight this fight, right? Give each other courage to pay more attention. Sometimes it's scary to even give things up, right? Have you ever gone into a fast and been scared beforehand? I have that almost every time. We go into a fast and I'm, I'm like, the night before, I'm going, oh my goodness, this is, it's like this fear, and, and it's great to talk to brothers and sisters and just to hear their stories are encouraging of overcoming things. This is what we've got to do each day. How do we, like, we want Hebrews 11, by faith, Abraham did this. By faith, Moses did that. By faith, these guys did this stuff. This is all the nutrients under the ground that grow that. Okay, this is all those things. This is community. This is paying attention. This is one another. This is Jesus is greater, and then the fruit grows from that.